So I pick it up. I r- pretty much run to the car, and it just starts downpouring on me. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even get time to look in At there. The, yeah, like see. What- yeah. <laughs> I was so mad. I was that so sucks. mad. That sucks. That uh, sucks. But I get home. It took me so much longer to get home. All for this whiskey. Yeah. The things we do for whiskey. I know. Sauce on beer, bourbon, barbecue. I'm your host Kevin, and today I'm joined here with my co-host Chef Roger. What's up, Roger? How you guys doing? What's up, Kevin? So, Roger, it is for us Labor Day, and Roger, when I think of Labor Day, I think of many things, but one of the most important things I think of is pools are closing. Yes. And I don't know why that just makes me really sad. I don't know either, but it, it is very depressing to think that there's no more pools. I hate it. Yeah. And then the other thing I guess I do think of is a, a little thing, the Labor Day barbecue. For sure. Um, so we thought we would uh, sit down today and talk about some of our, our favorite barbecue sides. And we've got some beers that we're going to enjoy while we get into sides and yes. all that. Um and these are special beers. These have been smuggled into the state of Missouri um, because they don't sell them here in Missouri. Uh, this is the Yingling uh, Traditional Lager and Black and Tan. And for some of our listeners, Roger, um, who live on the East Coast, they think of this as, you know, like our, our Budweiser kind of from what I picked up. Yeah, um, I can see that. It's only available in 26 states, I believe, um, and most of those are on the East Coast. Arkansas is the closest state to us that yes. has been. So, um, and that was only, I think, within the last three years or so that they uh, became a distributor of this fine American product. Yeah. Uh, their claim to fame is they are the oldest brewery in America. They were founded in... Side up. The brewery was founded in 1829 uh, in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, and it, it's really cool because it is the Eagle Brewery, is what it's called, and that's why they have that eagle on the front. Yeah. So, Roger, you were saying beforehand you've only had this one other time. Yeah, which was here. Yeah, so, which was here. So thank uh, you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but this, for me, is probably one of my... My favorite beers. I don't know if you would classify this as a craft brewery or a micro-macro. Yeah. Yeah. You would think micro, probably. Because it's still in a lot of states. Yeah. And it's... I feel like it's well-produced for the amount of beer. Like, you go to a store and it's not just, like, one little section. Like, they have, like, quite a few different varieties of beer. Um and they have a wide selection of different beers, too. Yeah. Uh, right now, we are tasting their traditional lager. So uh, this is, like, the flagship beer of theirs. So what do you think of it, Roger? Well, before, 
before I get into it, it's kind of crazy because for it not being available here where we're at, I hear a lot of people talk about this. Yeah. And I see it a lot, too. Like, a lot of people are smuggling this in. So, I mean, it, it must be a really good product because I literally, like, the amount of times I hear people talk about this with, well, with that, it not even being here is kind of crazy. And they literally have a hashtag called Yingling Smuggler. Yeah. That's going to be a tough one to say all morning. <laughs> Yingling Smugglers. Oh, do they really? Yeah. If you go to their Instagram page, you can, and you type that in, all this is like people with carloads, which obviously you're not smuggling beer because. Yeah. But it, it's kind of a funny thing. Um, so looking at their website, they have nine different beers that are available. And it's funny, Roger, because like I've heard of three of these. Like, obviously, because we don't have them here. Um, but that traditional lager, I think there's just something very unique about it. I mean, yeah. I know we're used to the AB products, you know, and it's got that real light, ricey taste to yeah. it, which, I mean, to each his own. You exactly, know? exactly. Um, but this, I feel like, is much fuller body. Yeah, for sure. Um, what, are you, what are you tasting in it? Uh, I'm getting a little... A little hop, a little hoppiness. It, it's kind of, it feels like roasted. Like it, like you said, it, it's like real full, like mm-hmm. something that like you drink a couple of these and you're going to, you know, you're going to feel pretty full. But I'm getting, like I said, some hop, hoppiness and a good roasted flavor. Yeah, I definitely think that this is one of those beers that like, I feel like with Natty Light and all those, like the Bud Light family Budweiser, a little bit Budweiser. You can drink a few of those and you don't feel as like full. Yeah, this definitely gets me more of that full, like bread, yeah. bread in my belly kind of feeling. You exactly, know? Like, exactly. Um, so they use cluster and cascade hops, which are, I mean, most breweries are going to look for something similar to that style of yeah. hops, um, and it's got a very light sweetness to this like it's not overly powering on hops yeah yeah but it's super blended well yeah um and this was their original recipe this was uh resurrected i guess in uh 1987 i think is when they said that they kind of re redid this recipe um and it's crazy to think about though that i mean this is probably one of the oldest Recipes of beers that's still kind of made. I mean, yeah, pretty... I guess you've got the Trappist monks and all that over in Europe, but I guess for America, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's really smooth too. Really easy to drink. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a good summer beer. Yeah, for or sure. a good end of summer beer. But who am I kidding? You could drink it anytime. Yeah, beer. exactly. Um, the ABV on it is four point five percent, so you're not getting, you know plaster drinking one of these yeah uh, and the cool part was actually so i bought these in um uh, tennessee on a trip that i just went on uh to the smoky mountains um so i bought 16 ounce cans and the 16 ounce cans for six of them were cheaper than the six glass bottles wow. that were only 12 ounces i don't know how that math worked out but it worked out well, well in my house. Uh, yeah, it worked out really well for me. Um, I like these cans, by the way, too. Yeah, they're cool. Okay, they're, they're cool looking. 
Yeah. Um, I really love how, and it wasn't until recently that they started putting that eagle back on the front for their brewery. Um, but it's a very unique style. Like, yeah. Um, very traditional style. Yeah, exactly. Which I can appreciate. I can appreciate that history and all that. Um, but this is a, just a, a really good summer beer, like good barbecue beer. Like, I'm kind of upset we don't have this here in San I know, right? Yeah. yeah. That would be definitely a go-to. But I think at that point, for you and maybe for, you know, for both of us, it would lose some of that excitement. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Like you said, just... Just in the fact that if it was readily available and we were always drinking it, it, it would kind of lose that that appeal. So I guess it is kind of nice in that way that it's yeah, like I can't it's like a just, treat when you yeah. when you can get some because like all the people I was with on this trip were like, oh, I'm gonna get some of that for my boyfriend or get some of that for my husband or get some of that for you know my girlfriend or like I'm like yeah because we don't have that you yeah. know um, for us it's almost like one of those special kind of craft breweries, you know, that you go get like a one-off of or something like that. Yeah. Actually, a friend of mine, he was, they were literally talking about this a couple of days ago. So it's kind of funny. I didn't, you know, before we were doing this, but he was saying, he, I can't remember exactly where he was going, but he was talking about that literally two days ago. Like, yeah, I got to get some of this yingling. Like, I'm going out of town. I'm going to grab me. So I'm like, I'm like, man, it's like you hear about it so much. But I mean, people, like I said, it's, if anyone's traveling, they're trying to get some of this. One of the ladies I work with went down to Alabama, and she brought me back a full case of it. And she says her husband is an expert packer with their car, to where that he can pack the car, and you can't hear the rattle of the bottles and the cases they drive back. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that would drive me I mean, crazy right? smokes, hearing that. Yeah. So, Roger, how what would you rate this? Would you buy it again? What What are you thinking? I mean, I would definitely buy it again. Like you said, it, it it's really smooth. It's um. It has a lot of flavor, and I don't know why, but oddly enough, I feel like I can tell that it's not too much. Like, it seems like it's not a lot of... It reminds me of that um, full-life forehands that we just had a little while ago. You know, that was a very light, refreshing beer. Um, But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that this is definitely, I mean, obviously, something I buy again just for the novelty of it. Exactly. But it's something I've wish i would readily have available yeah because like you said it's it's a lot going on but it still feels light like it's still easy to drink like i feel like you can get in trouble like you can just keep drinking and yeah. drinking and drinking yeah but it's so good yeah so roger i have one more for you yes <laughs> i know you're excited. excited about this one too this one is their black and tan which ooh, that was a good one uh which i didn't know about till uh I went to Gulf Shores a few years ago um, and saw that they had other beers. My father-in-law brought me back my first case of Yingling. uh, Probably right after I turned 21, they were down in Georgia, and he brought me back this. He's like, hey, try this. You know, it's really good. And I just had the traditional. I was like, oh, this is really good. I didn't know that they had other stuff. I wasn't sure, like how big this brewery was. I think at that point in time, I thought it was just something local to Georgia that he brought me back. Yeah. But this is their black and tan. Um, so it's a mixture of their traditional lager and their porter beer, um, which is very unique. Like, I mean, I know that there's other breweries that do a black and tan, but I feel like this one is very special. Yeah. Um, I was 
looking into it a little bit. First, I'm pretty sure I think they I think they do sixty percent porter mm-hmm. to forty percent lager. Yeah, but I was watching something on YouTube, and you know, like you were saying, there's there's other places that do the same thing. And they were saying there's some places that they literally give you the both bottles, so you like do it yourself. Oh, you can blend it yourself. Yeah, like, but, I mean, I mean, it's just pouring bottles. But yeah. I was like, that's kind of interesting. I don't know if I'd want to do that. That'd yeah, be, I mean, I want to do it. Yeah, but, but it's like. I wanted to trust you. That yeah. You know. It's your job. <laughs> yeah. So it's based off the English half and half. It's yeah. kind of what they do. But they do the 60-40. Um, this was released in 1986. was the first year they kind of did the first uh, black and tan. And it's so different because it's, it's not – if you're looking at the color, it's not pitch black like a porter normally is. Yeah. It's more of like a – a reddish kind of lighty i don't even know how to describe that yeah color. i don't know if it's i mean it's like close to mahogany but like yeah mahogany kind of color but you can get you do get that like reddish tint but then sometimes you look at it and it looks very dark so it, it's kind of you like feel like you're going to be able to see through it but then you can't see through it but like it it almost i'm like wait can i like oh, i guess i can't like it's it's kind of kind of trippy it's definitely got a very unique nose to it. Like, it smells like a porter, but at the same time, I get that lager nose smell to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like you get that porter, but it's it's light, and so that's how it kind of like then the the traditional lager kind of creeps in there too. It's like you keep thinking it's going to be full on porter, but it just doesn't get there. And I like that about it, that I get that porter taste, I get that rich coffee caramel taste, but at the same time, it's not that acidic kind of taste that some porters have, you know, where it's hard to, you know, enjoy it on a hot day or something. Yeah, this is really good. This is something you could still be a porter, you know, like, if you're a porter, be a porter. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh... But that balance of that extra little bit of that 40% of the traditional, I think, kind of helps make it a little bit just easier to kind of yeah. enjoy. It makes it still light enough where you can sit outside and yeah. smoke in a pork butt or whatever you're doing yeah. and still be able to just drink it, these. Very feel, full feel body. Yeah. yeah. I think, too, that that's something that really stands out to me is how full bodied it is. Yeah. Like, and the traditional lager, it's got a really good taste on that too, but it it definitely lacks some of that that unique character. Like I yeah. mean, it tastes like a traditional lager. It tastes like you know, I'm sure we could find another brewery that has something similar to kind of that. But this is a very unique taste. I feel like I'd be interested to taste the just the porter. Yeah, I would too. That'd be kind of kind of cool to try because I know they just released their first. Uh, Golden Pilsner, and I almost oh, okay. bought some of that, um, and I didn't because I didn't want to look like an alcoholic walking out of this gas station <laughs> with you know three six packs of Tall Boys, but you know, uh, but the Golden is I think one of their first new beers they've added to their list in a long time because I think the eighties are were really big for. Um, Yangling and their company and, you know, just creating a brand and all that. But uh, 
I've had the Golden before, and it was really good, really smooth, really easy to drink. Um, and I think that's really what this brewery does is they just make good, easy-to-drink yeah. beer. That's funny. I was just going to say, like, I would like to try most of their stuff just to see if they're all – because, like you said, it's so easy. They're so nice to drink. I was wondering if that's kind of like their thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, just drinkability because these have been very easy to, to yeah. drink. And I think uh, – give a shout-out to a friend of ours, Josh Utt. He's a big uh, fan for – Yingling, and he's always saying, you know, he's a traditional. And I just told him the other day, like, dude, you need to try the black and tan yeah. because it is, I think, better than the traditional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. It's got that traditional taste to it. Exactly. It's got that extra little just excitement to yeah. it. Um. So, Roger, what are you thinking? If you had to, if you were to pick one of these, I'd definitely go black and tan. Um, I mean, I am a, I mean, I like dark beers anyway. I mean, I like porters and stouts, so it's more up my alley. But it is nice to have that to have it cut with that lager in there. It's it's really good. So we kind of teased at the beginning of the show we were going to talk about barbecue sides, and we are going to talk about barbecue yeah. sides. Um, <laughs> but I just I got this beer, and I was just so excited about it. I thought, you know, like let's do a show on it. Let's just you know talk about you know this beer. Um, but like we said, these are good barbecue beers they really are like you could have a case of these and you know just be enjoying these while you're smoking some meat yeah um, it's funny uh i just saw a meme and i posted it on our instagram page uh <laughs> did that, you that see the, uh, the doctor asking the patient do you <laughs> smoke like, he goes yeah marijuana, like... <laughs> marijuana or cigarette or cigarettes yeah. no pork butts and briskets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, like, that was hilarious. I'm like, I'm going to tell my doctor that the next time. He'll get a <laughs> kick out of that. Uh, but with, you know, the season starting to change and all that, um, Roger, we were kind of talking beforehand that everyone thinks that summer is like grilling season. And I won't. And, you know, smoking season and barbecuing season. I'm not going to argue with that because, you know. For me, that's the time I have off as a teacher. Yeah. You know, like that's the time I can go sit out there and babysit a fire and all that. But really, I think barbecue season and smoking season should be fall. I, I agree because it's not super hot, and obviously it's not super cold. And you know, you just have that in between. Like there's that window where it's like everything kind of comes together and it's just an enjoyable from start to finish type thing. I can wear a hoodie yeah. and I can wear shorts at the same time exactly. and feel comfortable. I can sit out there and not feel like I'm dying of heat exhaustion. You know, I think that that's makes this the perfect time to start grilling and smoking and just getting out there. And you know, it's funny you were saying it's not too cold. I'd actually rather be a little cold because I've got a hundred and, you know, 200, 300 degree fire yeah, burning true. right there. Yep. You know, I'll just huddle around that. Exactly. Um, I was telling my wife, it's funny. I do more of my smoking now preparing for the holidays and all that than I do in the summer because of the, just that temperature and that heat and just how unbearable it is to be outside. Yeah. Um, I've already started talking to my mother and father-in-law and my parents about Thanksgiving turkeys and what are we going to want to do with that and, that really, especially that whole idea of Thanksgiving, got me thinking about what are sides that we can do that we could also do on the smoker. Um, so, Roger, you being a chef, you probably have a lot of experience with just different sides and all that and how you could just take those and 
maybe throw them on the smoker. I've got actually one for you to try that, and I want to get your opinion on it. Yeah. We'll kind of talk about it. But I think a lot of people just go with the, the can of beans, you know, and the cast iron skillet Yeah, on the smoker. And that's, I think, super easy to do. I think if you're looking, if you're in a pinch and you're like, would I rather get good cuts of meat and like lame sides? Like, do that. Yeah. I, I think your sure. guests will appreciate that more. Because um, there's nothing wrong with that can of beans um, on the smoker and a bag of potato chips. But if we want to get a little bit classier, what, what would you say are some good sides that we could kind of think of for smoking? And maybe unique, too. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of more simple, but I mean, like, I would think a, a good uh, mac and cheese, especially because you can smoke the cheese. Like, if you have, like, a nice smoked cheese that you can use for for some mac and cheese like that would be really good and you can still obviously put the whole thing on the on the smoker and get some additional flavor but that's always a good one i mean and who doesn't I mean, like mac and cheese you could put you know if you got that little that tiny baby pork steak you know yeah. for us in here in st louis for our listeners outside of st louis it's the pork shoulder cut, cut. into pieces yeah it's pretty much pulled pork yeah. you know in a steak form but you take that little baby guy and you just cube that up. You could throw that right there in their mac and cheese. Exactly. And let it get all cheesy. Yep. Ooh, that sounds good. And I, I think we should tell our listeners, too, we highly recommend you make mac and cheese, but make it with block cheese, not that shredded crap. For sure. For sure. Because that's just, that yes. won't turn out well. Yeah. Because it's, 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 well, especially the cheddar is so waxy and, like, it doesn't really melt all the way. That it, anti-clumping. It, yeah. yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mess to work with. Is that your go-to cheese when you make a mac and cheese is like a cheddar, like a yeah, sharp or a... Yeah, usually. Yep. So this is a whole other section. Maybe we can do a different show later on this, but what's the difference between a sharp and a mild? It's just the 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 flavor of it, the way that it's like made it, it somehow like... I don't know exactly how it was done, but somehow it, it makes it have more of that like tinge on the back of your your teeth like i don't know exactly how it how it's done but i like think a, it might be the aging okay either how long it's aged or is there one that's better for a mac and cheese like a sharp or a mild or is it just preference to yeah you? that's more preference okay and, and it's kind of hard because like sometimes like because you know like american cheese like it melts really good it's the best at so like a lot of the times like i'll use i'll use a blend like i'll use that just to help with the melting, because it's just it just melts so good, and plus, I mean, you're used to. I mean, we're it's Americans. mac and cheese, yeah. We're so Americans. Like, I like it because that's that's what I'm used to. Anyway. I'm not making Swiss cheese. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> which actually would be good. Yeah, I, it would be. Yeah, but yeah. So usually I'll do like a, a a mix for that. So the mac and cheese is always a go-to. Um, what else would you say is a something maybe easy or do you? As far as smoking? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't really know if this is easy. Okay. Well, it's kind of it's easy, I guess. Have you ever had German potato salad? Yes. That is delicious. Yes. And, I mean, you can, you can eat it cold, but you can eat it hot, too. So, just for our listeners, you know, St. Louis, very German style. So, like, I think... A lot of our listeners here in St. Louis have grown up with that yeah. German style potato salad, where it's the whole potatoes like yeah. cut up, and it's it's not a mayonnaise yeah, base; it's, it's a vinegar yeah. base with sage and 
What else? Is onion? Yeah, it's onion? onions. Some people put peppers in it, but the thing is, like, so you make the you make like a, a vinaigrette, but you so like how we've done it, or how I've done it is we use bacon. I so, mean, you can't go wrong there. Yeah, so like, so like you would cook bacon, and you would keep that that fat, and then you make a vinaigrette out of that bacon fat. So like, I think that would be good too, because like you know you can smoke some bacon, keep the fat, make the vinaigrette like a little mustard. Some apple cider vinegar, maybe, with the with the, and emulsify it with the the fat, and that would be. Those are some fancy words over yeah. there, Roger. Sorry, just you <laughs> no, know. you're all good. <laughs> but that that I don't know. I love German potato salad for sure. Yeah, and I think that you could even, like you said, you could do it warm and throw it out on your smoker yeah. for five ten minutes and get that real rich smoky taste. No, I probably would caution you know like what woods are you using and all that kind of stuff because you probably don't want to use like a hickory or something that's going to be real overpowering pungent yeah um but like a cherry would be probably pretty good on that um but one of the things i just did roger and i actually want you to try it is i made a mexican street corn um where i took a bag of frozen corn put it in my cast iron skillet um Mixed in some mayonnaise, which I was like really surprised when I was reading through the recipe, like yeah. to put mayonnaise in it. And yeah, I know some people, yeah. some people are like, "Oh, I don't do mayonnaise," and I'm like, "You should probably do mayonnaise." Well, it it makes sense. It's funny because I used to think the same thing because uh, at a job I worked at, our chef wanted us to put mayonnaise on the bread mm-hmm. for grilled cheese. Yeah, and then I was like, "That's so weird." And then like he was like, "I mean, it's eggs and fat." Yeah, like oil. You know, like it. I mean, most of mayonnaise is oil. Yeah. So it's like when you, it's like it's just fat on bread, like you would do with oil or butter. Yeah. Like it's like when you like really think about it, it's like it's not that weird, right? But it, it feels so weird. It feels weird because I feel like mayonnaise is something like I should put on like a sandwich. You yeah. Know? And I think that grilled cheese, like I've done that with grilled cheese sandwiches now, and it takes it. To the next level. Yeah. I mean, like, it gets that perfect crispiness on the outside that I was never really able to get with butter. Because I always felt like, you know, the butter, I would spread it, and I'd end up punching a hole through the grilled cheese. And mayonnaise <laughs> spreads so much easier. Easier, yeah. But so I took some mayonnaise, and I mixed it with the corn. Um, and then it calls for cachilla. It's a Mexican blend of cheese. I yeah. don't know. My Mexican is very poor. We all know my German is very poor. No, I think that's, my Mexican is even worse. I think that's actually how you. Actually, well, that's how I've heard it. Spanish. Said. I guess it would be Spanish, Spanish. not Mexican. Yeah. I apologize <laughs> yeah, to sorry, all of our God. listeners south of the border. Um, did not mean to offend anyone, but uh, Spanish for and it's it's like a white cheese. It's like yeah. a white crumbly kind of cheese. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I put Parmesan cheese in because like. That's white and powdery, you yeah, know, but I yeah. wanted to kind of have that that cheesiness in there, a little bit of butter, and then just some uh chili powder on top um and some red pepper powder, and just let, let it sit on my smoker, put a little bit of butter in there, and just let it go and I was shocked at how well that turned out, like um and Roger, there's some there for you to try, tell me what you think of it, but I was shocked at how well it turned out, and how like crispy the outsides of it got um my wife was like yeah i took some straight out of the middle of the pan but you know while we were putting away dishes and all that that night um she's like i tried the edge of it and it was just so good it was just so much flavor in there 
and I'm I'm shocked at you know this recipe that I kind of just threw together worked out so well, and I would highly recommend you try it. You know, yeah, that's delicious. It's incredible. Isn't I mean, it? like that smokiness and the sweetness of it, and tasting that chili powder too. Like, dude, this is really good. I was so impressed. Like, legit. Really I was good. so impressed with it. I was like, this is not going to work. Like, this is just some kind of thing that I've kind of, you know, I took a recipe I kind of knew and was like, let's just add some smoke to it and see how it goes. And I think the mayonnaise really absorbed a lot of that smokiness to it. Yeah, that's good. I'm very impressed. Yeah, that's really good. You know, for my own creation. But yeah. uh, I think that for our listeners, the big thing is go try something like that. Like I would never have thought to smoke that. Um, yeah. The other thing that I tried too was canned biscuits. I put those in a cast iron skillet and just cooked them over the open fire. Yeah. And that's a game changer right there. Like I was, yeah, I probably should have made my own biscuits, but who has time for making yeah. their own biscuits? Like exactly. this isn't Hardy's here. Yeah. Like, I'm not getting up at 4.30 in the morning to start making biscuits. Getting my buttermilk in. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go to freaking the grocery store, get a can of biscuits. But that just that open fire heat changed the just the overall texture. Because I think, yeah. like, we're so used to using, like, an oven or something like that. And it's all that constant heat. But just that open fireness was just very rustic kind yeah, of taste to it. I swear, I'm not joking. I was getting ready to say that. I swear I was going to say that word. I mean, it's incredible to think about. Um, so, Roger, are you going to have your boss just put an open fire pit in? I'm, I'm going to, you know, talk and see what, <laughs> see what we can have done. Uh, and, like, another thing I like, so this is not smoked, but another thing I always like with um, with barbecue is it's funny, I used to always like, you know, cold slaw with mayonnaise, but vinegar cold slaw is so good with with barbecue. Like to cut that that richness and fattiness with that acidic of the vinegar, like it really pairs nicely with barbecue. See I I'm just so traditionalist with the coleslaw. I like my creamy coleslaw cause I, I mean so it. do I I like it on my pulled pork you know I like how it's all you know that juicy mess yeah and, like like another sauce almost uh-huh it's you know and if you especially if you get like pulled pork that's like really hot and then you cover it with the cold coleslaw mm-hmm. yeah it just it meshes so well our listeners can't see what I'm doing right but just it meshes <laughs> so well um I think it's perfect you know but yeah that I mean that that vinegar based um is so unique. I think it's got that acidicness that goes and pairs well with like a sweet uh, pork or you yeah. know like a, a sweet uh, chicken or something. You know, like I think it goes easily together. Yeah. Um, Roger, when you make one of those coleslaws, is there a vinegar that you find better for it? Again, be- when it's for barbecue, I usually am, I'm always apple cider. Is there what a is? reason? Just apple and, and pork, you know, they just go well together. So I usually always do. And it still has a little bit of sweetness, so it's not just, like, that vinegar. Like, yeah. it has something to it, but I just feel like that always goes well together. And I guess that makes sense, too, because a lot of, you know, our listeners might, and a lot of the barbecue places, when they do their spray and all that, they blend it with the apple cider. Yeah. Um, just to keep that moisture in. But, yeah, I 
I mean, who doesn't love a good coleslaw? Yeah. Well, cause so a couple months ago, me and Alex got together and I did a, a pork butt and he did beer, mac and cheese, but I made a, a vinegar slaw. And so we had pulled pork sandwiches, you know, with some cheddar and on a brioche bun. And it was really good. But that, that vinegar slaw just, but it is funny though. Cause I mean, I remember I used to always like get like the rib meat and mm-hmm. put coleslaw on there put baked beans on there <laughs> like so it, it is weird because like that is still very very yeah very delicious so you know what one of my favorite go-to's is once you've made the slaw and you've let it sit because i think that's the other thing too is like you have to let that slaw sit oh yeah for sure you have to. because if you don't it doesn't absorb into the cabbage yeah. or anything like that so take the pulled pork the next day the stuff you've left over get some corn tortillas and put the slaw on top of the pulled pork with a little bit of kobe cheese Oh, it's like a street taco that's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's so good. I had to try that. Oh, it's it's my new go-to way of eating leftover barbecue. Yeah, I'm going to try that. That pulled pork lasts me for a while, too. I was surprised. It has the issue, too. Just side note, completely, you know, side tangent. I'll go buy a pork butt. I'll go smoke it, and I'll, like, have, you know, a good good amount of it left over because you can only eat so much pork for a yeah, week afterwards exactly that. like unless you have a whole bunch of people and i'll freeze it and it's funny i'll tell my wife i'm like man i really want to go smoke a pork butt again she'll like we have like 90 pounds of frozen <laughs> pulled pork in our basement like you cannot smoke anything else until we eat all this um oh it's it's so frustrating and maddening but i completely understand you know why um <sighs> that corn is good man it is really it good it really is it good. is really good like even like that man like it is good like you can like you saying what's in there like you can taste everything in there and it's just it comes out it comes together so nice and it wasn't anything like i had to sit there and stir anything like literally i just put it over um so i've got the offset and i put it right where the the smoke comes out from my offset. So the hottest part of my grill, uh, that's not directly over fire. Yeah. And I put it there because like, crap, we don't have a side for tonight and we need to make something. I've got family coming over. Like, we'll just throw this together real quick. And it was 15 minutes there. And yeah. It was perfectly cooked. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I was very impressed. Um, I think that the sides as important as they are i don't think that it's a necessary thing to do for a barbecue but i think that a well done side can take your normal barbecue and just take it to the next level yeah like you said like if you're really i mean maybe not necessarily trying to impress but in a way try to impress like you you know you're having people over who know what they're you know know what you're talking about like know what barbecue is and you give them something like that too like yeah, they'll, you'll make them real happy. Yeah, I always think uh, our friend Brad Marquartz, he can do some sides that are just incredible. Um, we'll, when we go over to his house and uh, just drink and hang out, he's always got some kind of side of, I don't even remember the last time what he made, but all I remember is it was incredible. It was smoked and it was delicious. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like you said, like it can take, you know, like a lot of people can do good barbecue, but it can take your good barbecue and take it to the next level yeah. with what you're doing. Um, yeah, when you try to put stuff that makes sense and, and pairs well with, with the meat, like people can really, like people can really appreciate that. Like they, that's like kind of how I am. Like 
seriously, like when I go to restaurants, even if, because, you know, obviously being in this field, like I can obviously like, if I think there's something wrong, I could think there's something wrong and like, I could be like, oh, okay, like they probably could have did this or they might have been able to do that. But in my head, for me personally, like if I see a menu and I see what's on the dish and I know that it makes sense, like that alone, I'm like, okay, like I know that they know what they're doing or I know that they're really trying to put their you know best foot forward because they're at least putting stuff that makes sense. It's not just, oh, we're going to put this, this, and this. Like they're making stuff that pairs well with the protein and you know, I appreciate that more than anything. Is it hard to go to a restaurant, Roger, being a chef, and see a pairing and being like, I don't know if I would do that? Or is it more of a, like a, you just have to trust that chef's kind of vibe and all that and go with what they're thinking? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, sometimes it is hard. I'm like, eh, I don't know, but... Again, like if I'm looking at the full menu and like I'm seeing that that like I'm, I can like see what they're doing, but like, okay, that makes sense. Then I could be like, you know what? Let me see what you know. Maybe there's something I'm missing or something mm-hmm. that I, I wouldn't have thought of, but maybe it does work well with that. And I think too for our listeners, like when you're creating these sides and creating these pairings, like get good at one. Like yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us, me personally, I'll try and you know do too much, go over the top, you know, and I don't think. A lot of, you know, your probably your buddies and all that have trained palates and know exactly what they're, but they just want good food. Like, and if you get just good at something and you just try it and continue trying it, you know, until it's the best you can do, I think that that's, that's all you need to do. You know, I don't think you need to roll out the red carpet every single time, you know, like just do something good. Um, But yeah, I definitely think. As the weather's starting to cool down, like, or get out there, do some more smoking. Um, I know I definitely will, because um, I, I did sure. not do enough this summer. I, I mean, but literally, we spent half the summer in the rain, and yeah, the other half, it was 10,000 degrees, and we were melting outside. So, um, Also need to do cornbread. Ooh, talk about that. Smoke cornbread, because, I mean, cast iron obviously works well yeah. with that. You... I mean, I would, like, going back to the bacon, like, if you can, like, put some bacon fat in there, some jalapenos in there, and put down the cast iron and put that in the smoker, that would be good. So are you a corn-in-the-cornbread kind of fan, or are you just a cornmeal kind of I, I don't mind either way. I feel like typically, I mean, as far as working, usually I do just cornmeal. But, I mean, I like corn mm-hmm. in my cornbread, too, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, I know my mom has a recipe for cornbread that actually calls for creamed corn. Yeah. In can, the, yeah, that makes sense. And, I mean, creamed corn is just mayonnaise mixed with corn. Yeah. Just like what we just what you just sampled. Yeah. You know? But I could see that adding just a whole other level to it. Yeah. Put that in there. Oh, yeah. That Mexican. I didn't think, yeah, do that. <laughs> That's <laughs> Mexican street do. corn. <laughs> That's what we With some bacon do. bits. Yeah, that would be delicious. Oh, that'd be really good. God, yeah, that would be really good. Okay, I have a question for you. Are you a triangle cut of cornbread? Are you a muffin cornbread person? Or are you like a 
loaf of cornbread. Like if you had to pick your, you know, do you understand what I'm yeah, asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to think. It I didn't mean to surprise you no, with no, this no, question. No. <laughs> I know this could be controversial. Uh, this is a this is a good question. I typically do sheet tray, so either cut it in triangles or squares. I I like the easiness of muffins. Like I mm-hmm. think it's nice to just have like a little personal like it's just easier that way. Like, but usually I go, I usually cook it on a on a sheet tray. I think the muffin is really good when you're doing like a soup or a chili. Yeah, and literally, and this might be blasphemy for some people, but I take my corn muffin and I stick it at the bottom of my bowl. And then pour the chili or the soup <laughs> on top of it and just let it soak in all that goodness and break apart. And Going back to cornbread, this is, again, kind of off topic now, too. But Hey, that's all right. This whole episode has kind of been <laughs> off topic. So At my job, we did a uh, – so it was like a – we did a Caesar salad, and we did it two-way, like a, like a traditional one. And then we did a Southwest one. And so we had uh, – so it was romaine and uh, black bean and corn relish, uh, some red onions – and we did a chipotle Caesar, but for the croutons we made cornbread and diced them and then fried them. Really? So the croutons were were little squares of cornbread. So how does cornbread fry? Like, cause I mean, like when I think of cornbread, like I think of it's very grainy, like it comes apart very easily. Yeah. So you- I always feel like when I make cornbread. My and I cut it. My kitchen is literally covered in cornbread <laughs> particles, and I don't even know how. Like I cut it in one spot, and there's cornbread particles on the other side of it. You know? Yeah. You just because you're gonna fry it, like you're gonna cook it more anyway. So you you just cook it more. So you don't you wouldn't cook it like you normally would, like where you're trying to get that like fluffy mm-hmm. soft. Like you kind of overdo it a little bit, which okay. makes it easier to cut, and then you fry it. But it was really good. I think smoked cornbread. Sounds incredible. Yeah. I might she need to do something. That. And I think that would be, I mean, that's good for like fall too. Like, that's, yeah. that's like you said, with chili or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, some smoked chili and, oh man. Yeah, this is getting, this is getting real. Um, <laughs> are you a fan of making your own cornbread or are you a box Jif fan, Trader Joe's? It depends. Again, it's so weird because. Especially when when you're in in this field, like it it depends on what you're. Everything depends on what the situation is like, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know, sometimes you just don't fill up to it, and it's like you know what, I'll just get a box. And I don't know, I feel like I can appreciate a lot of different things. Like I don't see anything wrong with box cornbread. Like mm-hmm. I think it tastes just fine. But you know, I've made cornbread before. Like it, the one thing though, cornbread isn't very hard to make. Like it is pretty easy because you can't. You're not really supposed to mix it too much because you know you'll put too much uh gluten in there and so like really it's it's pretty easy to to make your own cornbread yeah. anyway but so i guess it's really just your preference or time consuming like what what how much time you have to do something yeah i am a big fan of trader joe's cornbread have you had that i haven't tried that oh man but trader joe's seems to always have really good stuff their cornbread is I think some of the best that I've ever had. And maybe that's a future podcast. We can do yeah. a corn, cornbread blind. Yeah. <laughs> and do uh and get the, the, the Trader Joe's, yeah. uh, the Trader Joe's whiskey too. Yeah, we can <laughs> like, do that. Do Just do a whole Trader Joe's episode. <laughs> Trader Joe's, if you'd like to sponsor us yeah, for that great. episode, we'd, uh, we'd love that. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of that cornbread just cause it's so, 
I don't even know. I don't know what like there's actual chunks of corn in it, yeah. which I like, but it's so just enjoyable and like like we said, I mean it's a great side to have with barbecue and to smoke it, it's even better. Yeah. Do you like sweet? I do like sweeter yeah. cornbread. So uh, do I. I feel like the non-sweet cornbread is like it's it's almost like a paste yeah. kind of like as you're eating it, yeah. you know. Um like the the if it's not sweet like you you definitely have to like pour the chili on. Like you know mm-hmm. like you you you're not really just going to eat that. Yeah. Separately like you really had to go, but like a sweet cornbread like I you remember, could eat all your stuff and yeah. Like, yeah, this is like a little dessert like this is great, you know. Yeah. I remember our neighbors when uh growing up would always have us over for dinner and they would make unsweet cornbread. And I always remember like the first couple times I'm like, "Oh, yes, cornbread." And I get like 3 of them on my plate and I bite into the one I'm like, "Oh, this is not what I was hoping for. Like this is just just paste in my mouth oh, and I have goodness. two other cornbread muffins. I'm like, yeah. ah, can I go sneak these back? And I'm like seven years old at the time. Like, this is, uh, I don't want this. Mom, take these. Yeah, please. <laughs> but I think that those sides don't have to be complicated sides. Um, you can go really simple, but just do it really well. Yeah. You know? Um, and hopefully listening to this episode will encourage you to, Go try something on the smoker. Yeah, it encouraged me to try more stuff yeah, today. Like, just I wasn't about even, it. you know, trying to do that street corn. Yeah. You know, I just needed some way to cook it. I don't want to turn the oven on because it was super hot. And and I, I, I guess we should say one of the easiest sides to do and the best sides to smoke is just an ear of corn. Yes, it comes in its own natural wrapper. Exactly. You throw that out on the grill for. 10 15 minutes, you know, especially if you get that high heat and you can kind of get the outside crispy. Yep. I mean, that's super easy to do. Yeah, that was um, actually on my list. So, I think sides are I don't know, they're just like we said, the way to take good barbecue and turn it into a great barbecue without yeah. overcomplicating it. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, it, it's funny because you think, okay, well, we're smoking something so we got all this time. So you can just do whatever you want, but at the same time, you're really paying attention to your meat. You're really yeah. trying to make sure you're taking care of that. So, but it still allows you that little bit of time to, like you said, make stuff that it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be easy. You just put it on there with your stuff, and it, but it elevates it. So it's like the cooking of the meat gives you that wiggle, wiggle room where you can have time to do it. But mm-hmm. obviously, you don't want to be doing too much because you got to take care of you your protein. Guys. Yeah, I think. It's funny for you to say that because I'm always one of those people that I'll be getting like the last 20 minutes of a cook or something like that. I'm like, crap, I don't have any sides to go with this. What can I throw together in the last few minutes? And I know guys who are like meticulous about planning everything down to like the minute and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, tough. Me neither, to be honest. So, Roger, you have any other sides that you would recommend for our listeners? I mean... As far as smoked, probably not. I know of something that we actually actually put a picture up on Instagram, but that uh, watermelon cucumber Ooh. salad is really good. Especially for this time of year, you know, you're starting to kind of the watermelons are, I feel like the watermelons this time of year are a lot sweeter than like what it you is. get at the beginning of yep. May, you yep. know, but soon they're going to be gone. Exactly. Because it's just, just, they turn into pumpkins, yeah. right? 
And so it was, it was really good. It was, but it's like a, a ton of herbs, like mint and basil and cilantro, and it had uh, balsamic vinegar and sugar, and it was really, really good. There's something about mint and watermelon together that it's just it's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of smoking things, um, there's a restaurant up in New York that is smoking watermelons for seventy five dollars a pop. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've been seeing that, like, on, like, just on social media, like, people doing that. Because, like, it looks like yeah, steak or, like, you know, like it looks like yeah. a cut of meat. I don't know. I, but $75, no, I'm not doing that. I want to do some pickled watermelon rind. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, that's real good. I don't, have you ever had? Pickled? I have not. That oh, sounds really it good. It is so good. Um, It's, like, one of those things that you could just kind of eat a couple pieces of and like you don't need more it's got that acidic with that sweetness and it's got it takes that tough part of the rind and really breaks it down yeah um and makes it i want to say almost like a a pickle like huh so maybe we'll smoke some watermelon rind and uh and pickle, pickle it, it. <laughs> let's do it let's do it like let's we're getting crazy here let's just let's smoke everything <laughs> get rid of my stove in my yeah. house <laughs> don't need anymore get rid of the microwave yeah. no. my wife would be furious <laughs> if we did that <laughs> but i mean i think like we said like you could just take watermelon and cube that and have that with your barbecue yeah and people like you said but it's that elevate like obviously you could just have watermelon but add something to it some mm-hmm. herbs and like you said it just Gives it that next level type thing. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great place to end this too. Like, because we keep saying keep it simple, yeah. so let's not get any more complicated <laughs> uh, than it needs to be. But I mean, get out there the next couple months. Like, it is the best time of year, I think, to go out smoking and enjoying it. Get a good beer. Um, yeah, get some buddies over and just hang out with them, um, and make some chili too. Yes. I think that's actually the best thing to do with all that leftover barbecue is make some pulled pork chili. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, that's but that's a, a whole nother <laughs> rabbit hole, whole nother show for us. Um, but Roger, thanks for coming over today and talking sides with me and uh, drinking beer. For sure, um, I always enjoy it. There's no other way I'd rather spend my Labor Day. I mean, Sorry. I'd love for the whole group of guys to get here. Yeah, and all that, and we'll have we'll have some more episodes with them coming up soon. Um, I know Alex has been doing a lot of research on steaks yeah, and cooking those. And yeah, so he's been talking a lot about that. I'm excited to see where, where we go with that. Yeah. Um, but we appreciate listening to Sauced on Beer, Bourbon, Barbecue. Roger, if people want to find you and see all these amazing recipes and just share recipes with you, I mean, that's you love doing that. For sure. Uh, where can they find you? So on Instagram, I'm Roger underscore Bentley underscore B-I-B. So you can find me there. That's where I post most of my my life, my life endeavors. So, your delicious foods yes. that make me hungry. Like I'll be at lunch <laughs> looking at you know pictures of the meals you've made, and I'm like, crap, this blows my peanut butter and jelly out of the water, <laughs> or my leftover you know chicken enchilada that I have, which you know was good. Yeah. But what you made is even a hundred times better. You know, I'm like, oh geez, but uh, thanks for coming and drinking beer with me yep, on no this problem. fine Labor Day. For sure. Uh, and I'm Kevin. You can find me at beer underscore bourbon underscore barbecue. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. We hope that you will go to whatever platform you listen to. Give us a nice five-star rating. Like our Instagram page. You know, Connect with us there. Um, the community is really great, and 
we love uh, sharing our, our passions of beer, bourbon, and barbecue. So thanks again for tuning in, and we hope that you stay sauced on beer, bourbon.